about them Irish. I can't take it anymore. I need a national championship. This is the Four Horsemen Podcast. I am in a glass case of emotions. ND Nation, I don't know what to say. We are the Four Horsemen Podcast. I'm joined by Steve and P-Wagon today. Um, it, it's, it's a clash of, of emotions for me because on the one hand, we just got our ass absolutely beaten in the ACC Championship game. And then on the other, we were just declared the fourth team in the college football playoff, which we should be excited for. And uh, and I don't I hate that they did this so close because we don't get to have a true reflective podcast where we speculate about what's going to happen to Notre Dame. Um, but you know what, P, I'm going to let you jump in here. Um, what what's going through your mind? Uh, this is a PSA to everyone who claims Notre Dame as their college football team. It is six twenty four. It'll probably be Monday by the time you listen to this. Uh, you have until Wednesday to pre-Christmas time to declare if you're in or out of our fan group. We don't need negative Nancys going into the Alabama game. You're either with ND or you're against ND. That's it. Draw the line in the sand right there. That, that's all I got. I'm not, not going to dwell on the past. I have some opinions about certain players on Clemson. Not going to dwell on that either. Uh, it was a bad game. It was probably the worst game of 2020 for me. And uh, there, were, there we are. Steve, um, I have an issue with you. You see, none of your football teams lost a game for about 14 weeks into the 2020 season. And it seems like your football teams can't win a fucking game now. So what's going on there? Just exasperation, man. Just pure exasperation and sad drinking. Yeah, it was it was hard to watch. Um, Gut wrenching. Like I was sick to my stomach watching it. Thankfully, I had a distraction. I had to move um, for the holidays and also just leaving the apartment. So I had stuff to pack so I could keep myself distracted. What did you guys do for that entire game? Well, I blacked out. I nice. sat. I'm frozen. There we go. I sat on my couch and moved to a second part of the couch. I moved to a one of those, not a lawn chair, but like one of those chairs you pack up for a concert. I moved, brought that into my living room, sat there. Uh, went through three different wardrobe changes. Broke out emergency chili uh, that's been in my freezer since September. Uh, I, I pulled out all the stops. I left it all on the field. I, I tried everything I could to rally the team. But uh, I watched every single snap. I watched the trophy ceremony. I watched them get their cool fucking hats. I wanted one of those. Fuck! <laughs> but I've been good up until right now, and I'm thinking about those hats. 
How cool would it have been to have one with the Irish? It probably would have been the ND, but even a leprechaun on the side. Would have been so you're upset. Awesome. So you're upset over the merchandising opportunities. The merch would have been awesome. Yeah, I do agree. Just to have like conference champion forever somewhere in the wardrobe would be pretty epic. Um, I I don't even know what to say. Like, I remember saying earlier in the week, what concerned me going into this game was conservative play calling coupled with attacking our defensive backs. And um, both of those happened, and uh, it was absolutely hideous. It was it was. It, it, do you ever know when like it must be it must be like having a friend who has like a drug addiction, but he's super like talented with lots of potential, and you know he's better than this, but he's like ruining his life. That is what it was like to watch Notre Dame play because it's like I know this team is better than this. We beat this team, and it feels like the coaches are the drugs, and they're just ruining our chance to to beat Clemson and. Um, yeah, it was it was heartbreaking actually to watch uh, that unfold because it's yet again another national game on a neutral field where Notre Dame gets blown out and uh, I'm getting sick of it. Yeah, I the second that we did not score inside the the red zone and had to settle for a 24 yard field goal, which we missed. That's when I knew, <clears throat> oh boy. We're going to be in trouble. We're going to be in trouble. And even just get get into halftime at, at 27 to 3, even maybe make it 27 to get a, you know, stop them at basically in their own end zone inside their own five. You just have to stop them, make them punt, make it a game. Give your guys something to play for. Give your guys something to live for. And it just, it was a complete failure of execution at every level. And I don't know. It's it, it the game felt again just significantly so much closer than than what it looks like on the box score. Well, it's we were the just, better team in the first quarter. Oh, absolutely! Right? That, that first quarter comes by, we should be up ten nothing. Yeah, for sure. And and even still, our in the second half, I mean, yeah, Clemson got a bit more conservative, but we were doing a good job. I think we had them punt on three consecutive drives. It's just we punted also on three consecutive drives. so And I just, I mean, we, we're going to get into the play calling and the whole nine just, it's upsetting. Because like you said, this was, just a, this was just wasted talent. This was just a wasted opportunity. At the very least, this, this could have been a 27-17 game. And then everyone is saying, okay, you know, Irish brought it, but, you know, Trevor is just incredible and it, it is what it is. But now we're, you know, we're getting all the the normal chirps from all the the casual fans that just turn on the game for five minutes, see a couple of scores, and they and they just don't understand how tight that game was. And I I don't think it was as bad as it seems, but it's 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 more frustrating that it could have been better, and we just failed. That's what I'm well, pissed about. Yeah. Here's the, the problem. most frustrating. Oh, go ahead. Well, it was, I was just gonna say. Like the defense didn't get a stop, but you have to remember we gave up one more point than we did in the first game of regulation. Exactly. The defense wasn't the problem. The defense could have done better and it could have saved us, but it didn't kill us. It was definitely the offense. And um, 
And I think that's just a little perspective to consider. Um, P, you had something to say, and I interrupted you. Yeah, the the most frustrating thing about the game was the lack of fight that the players showed. It looked like they were dead behind the eyes, and I played on a pretty good rugby team back in the day, and we would put up hundreds of points on teams, and I've seen that look firsthand of people who just want to lay down and not play anymore. And that's what it looked like. The only fight that you've seen or you saw was at the end of the game with Sebo Flemister. Uh, he almost tried to take on the entire Clemson secondary uh, because of that late hit out of bounds and had to be with, withheld or restrained, restrained, whatever the word is. Uh, had to be restrained from jumping on the field and fighting. And that's Sebo's mentality, and I'll go to war for Sebo any day of the week. I can't wait to have him back next year. But everyone else just had this dead look behind their eyes like they didn't want to play. And frustrating. Can I read you guys something that NDFB Analytics put out? Sure. Notre Dame on early downs in the first half. Rushing minus 0.32 EPA. Just want to reference a good EPA is 0.2. So to be negative 0.32 is absolutely insane. And that was for 15 plays. Passing, which includes the sacks but not the scrambles, so it should be even you know more harsh than it is. 0.51 EPA. Oh, Heisman my God. Numbers. Oh, I'm going to be sick. I'm, yeah, I, and, I wish uh, I didn't even know that number. And... Uh, so those running plays, we ran 15 of them on early downs in the first half. Passing, only 7. 31.8% success rate. Oh, um, my God. They call it coaching malpractice by Tommy Rees and Brian Kelly, and I fully agree. I, I don't know why you took the ball out of Ian Book's hand, and I know a lot of these fans that we have, including P, are you know run-the-ball-first guys, but I feel like even you, after watching that, would probably say throw the damn ball. You have a Heisman contender at quarterback, and you have an you have a good stable of running backs. Heisman probably is going to win out there. If you watch kind of the all twenty two of the game, the Clemson defensive backs did a very good job taking away any type of throwing lane that Ian could have. Uh, so I know a lot of the play calls don't indicate that, but you can also look at book and say, you made the throws where you had to make the throws. A lot of them, I, I didn't look at the stats, but I think Michael Mayer was the leading receiver. Uh, just a guess there. Most receptions or most targets, Ironic. at least. Okay, well, fair enough. Um, Mayer was two. But, thank you. Uh, with that, when you saw Ian drop back, he wasn't comfortable throwing unless there was that. He didn't want to force the ball. So if it's almost like like what Reese did for his seasons that he played, he was a game manager instead of a Heisman contending quarterback. Fucking Kyle Trask in the Alabama game said, all right, I'm going to be fucking Kyle Trask and brought him within one score. Ian didn't do that. Yeah, 
I think, though, a lot of it was because he was forced into obvious passing downs where right. you can scheme coverage and you can bring pressure, and the O-line did not help him out today. Um, the pass protection from the running backs wasn't as good as the first game. The big swing, of course, was on third downs. Do you guys, it, maybe my memory's wrong here, but do you remember the Georgia game last year where Cole Komet quite literally murdered the Georgia Bulldogs for a half? And yeah. is it just me, or he did Did he just not get any touches in the second half? Like, they completely yeah. didn't throw it to him. This was just on display again yesterday. Michael Mayer was completely unstoppable. They could not defend him. He was destroying Clemson defenders, getting first downs left, right, and center. And I don't think Michael, ball, Michael Mayer saw the ball for the rest of the game. I just, I don't get it. I don't understand... And it felt like the play calling was just almost wrong on every aspect because, as I said, um, and as the analytics guy said, they don't. It's not that they like passing more than running. They like what's efficient. And there's some cases where running is more efficient. And one of those cases is second and one. You know oh. what I mean? And what what is Coach Reese doing? He's calling the passing play on an obvious running five down. step drop. Like what are you doing? You're you're costing the team there. And where's the play action? We've seen all year how good play action is for this team. And you get into the red zone in the first quarter, second and goal on the five. That That is screaming for a bootleg to the tight end or it's for a, a yep. hook, scram, something. And it's just, it's like you're making us look worse than we are because we can hang with these teams. We can beat these teams. But if that's the way you're going to game plan, we are going to get decimated. And it almost cost us in the first Clemson game. That's what I tweeted out. We've been so good this year in spite of the play calling in some instances, especially in that first Clemson game, because of the commitment in the second half to keep running the ball, let Clemson in it. Here's the thing. You know, we're we're going to get into the playoff committee in a second. But Coach Kelly apparently just said recently that the game plan for Alabama may include more ball possession. This team is, there's no indication that this coaching staff is going to fix themselves, that the problems will be properly addressed. And I'm terrified of that because if we play like that against Alabama, we are going to get slaughtered. Do you know how, coach, if you're listening, do you know how you control the possession of the game and dominate the time of possession and the clock and control the game? It's by staying on the field by getting first downs. And you don't get first downs when you run the ball three consecutive times inside a field goal range. And then on fourth and one, uh, yeah, like Book hits his open freaking receiver who overruns the route. You don't get first downs when you throw a, you know, a hitch pass, get eight, nine yards on first down. Then on second down and one, one and a half yards, you do a five-step drop and get sacked. Like of all times, is there like, yes, second down and one, run the ball. Run the ball. You're averaging two and a half yards per carry, which, by the way, you're averaging two and a half yards per carry, so don't run the ball on first and second down. Or, like, you know, try to sprinkle it in intermittently just to keep the the defense honest. But holy crap, they just didn't do a single favor. You go down. You keep the the drive alive on the opening drive with two third-down conversions, I I believe one to Mayer, one to Skoronek, passing the ball, moving the ball methodically, doing a great job, 52-yard field goal, nail it. Get an interception. In ECC championship game history. Thank you very much, kickers of people, to continue. Exactly. Yep. 
then, boom, Drew White, tip, Kyle Hamilton, ha- interception. Get the ball, decent territory, at around our own 30, 40-yard line. Drive the ball down to the five-yard line, and then on, on second down and goal from the five, you try running again into a brick wall. Then on third down, God knows what they're doing. And then, and then it's just a, you know, a chip shot kick, which you miss. So instead of being up what you should have been up 10 to nothing, you're now yeah. only up three to nothing. And then Clemson Wait, goes down and in three plays, literally three plays, 72 yards, touchdown, seven to three. What are we doing? The game completely. Yeah. When, when Kyle Hamilton caught that interception, I thought we were going to blow them out. The way we were playing, the way the defense, I don't know if you saw it at one point, the defense made a nice stop and they got right in the face of the Clemson receivers. Like the fight was there. I thought we were going to like step on their throat in the first quarter. And uh, no, that's not what happened at all. And here's the thing. If you want to establish the run and you want to be a run team, do you know the best way to, to have an effective run game is to take men out of the box. You want to establish the run, you get less people in the box. You don't want stacked boxes. And the best way to do that is to throw the ball. You need to get their safeties out of there. You want them to drop linebackers. You, you need them to get out. And, uh, and, and I, I don't understand why this team can't, can't seem to wrap their head around that. Yep. And even on, on one of the plays, we had a huge run for a loss on first down. When we even did split out an extra guy wide, they just they went into nickel defense and then brought a corner on a nickel blitz who just went right by the left tackle and and uh, the, the the tight end who were picking up other blitz assignments from a linebacker and a defensive end. So the cornerback has a free shot, hits our running back Kyron, you know, three four yards behind the line of scrimmage. He breaks the tackle, but by that point the play's blown up. He gets barely back to the line of scrimmage. Now it's second and eleven, like. Be less predictable. Oh my god, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Jay Bryant played well, very well. I was gonna say that he is. We've criticized him for for not getting the longest punts out there, but it seems like any time he we need a clutch punt, he will boot that thing sixty yards. And uh, I really appreciate that about him. Five star from Alabama. Remember that. We went into Alabama. We went into their backyard. I'm going to start getting fired up here. Uh, We stole Jay Bramblett from Bama, much like we're going to steal the Rose Bowl from them and the national championship. That's all I got there. All right. You know what? That's that's a good segue. Um, I am I am hopeful. So yes, I'm let's I'm above the. Let's get into this because I have. Wait, 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 wait. Before before we get into that, I posted something. I posted beat Bama. I, I made my call, my rallying cry on the podcast account. Also, little pro tip for all of you: if you're reading our Twitter at Horseman Pod, if Dylan's tweeting, he puts use in places that Americans don't put use. If I'm tweeting, I'm just very blunt and honest. And if Steve's tweeting, I I, I got nothing for Steve. We'll, we'll f- figure out yeah. his tell there. But <laughs> Dylan has the you. So, you know what's so um, you know what's so funny. I, I okay. I'll let you get in, but I have to say something. It is so hard for me to type offense and defense because part of me is like, no, I'm going to spell it correctly with a C, and then the other part of me is like, well, this is a 99% American audience, and if I don't spell it with an S, it'll be a problem. So if you ever see <laughs> offense and defense spelt with C's, or if you just see O and D because I don't want to spell it, that's that's me. Little tells there. We all run the account, so sometimes we don't know. We're like three hands operating on different sides of the body. Uh, <laughs> but I put out the rallying cry. I put out beat Bama, 
And all these fair-weathered chicken little head asses out are out there. And they're saying, oh, I'm not hopeful. Bama's going to destroy us. We're, we're not going to win the game because Bama's Bama. What though the odds be great or small? They're a 17 and a half point underdog. They, Bama may win every other game for the rest of my life. All we need is one. All we need is one. And if you chicken littles are out there saying, oh, the sky is falling, we have to play Bama, Brian Kelly can't win a big game, get out. There's other teams you can root for. Western Michigan needs fans too. Be a Purdue fan for all I care. Get off the bandwagon. We are rolling to the title. I don't care if it's Matt Jones, Jones Mack. I don't care that skinny fat asshole is going to be playing quarterback. But Notre Dame has Ian goddamn book. Yep. Yeah. Dylan, I would like to say, here. well, just before that, we might have to start a feels like 73 because if I recall correctly, in 1973, Notre Dame played Alabama in the national championship in the Sugar Bowl and were 10 point underdogs. So not quite 17 and a half, but major underdogs undefeated against an Alabama team. Uh, we won that game. We won the national championship and the Crimson Tide still claim it. So make sure to ridicule all Alabama fans for that. Um, also, real, I need to go real quick. Go off that point real quick. 1977 coached by Dan Devine. 11 wins, one loss national championship team. Absolutely. And quarterback to- Joe Montana. Where do they win the Cotton uh, Bowl? Texas. It's all coming together. It's all coming together. Um, it's funny you said the chicken little thing because I don't know if you guys saw this tweet that I made from the podcast account, but uh, we were getting one of those regular haters of like Notre Dame fans just complaining about everything, uh, complaining about Kelly, whatever. And I said... Um, Okay, then don't watch the game. And uh, I shit you not, he responded, I haven't watched a game in 25 years. <laughs> he, he, didn't even watch, he didn't even watch the semifinal. He's like, I haven't watched the game, and I haven't watched Notre Dame. And like, he's at 11 years, but really 25. And I'm like, then why are you here? If you're not watching the football, what, what are you getting angry about? Anyway, I need to have to go on a rant now because... Nobody hates Notre Dame fan Notre Dame more than Notre Dame fans. Some of the most irrationally upset and just stupid fans are sometimes our own. And I would like to point this out because when Notre Dame lost, everyone was very emotional in their responses with regard to the playoff. Everyone said, there's no way we're getting in after getting blown out there. And it really bothered me because if you looked at it with any kind of objective analysis, you would understand that the only other team that could get in is Texas A&M. And Texas A&M had been blown out by Alabama worse than we were blown out by Clemson. Plus, we beat Clemson and we beat North Carolina and we're Notre Dame. And there's just a practical money aspect to that. And there was no way we were not getting selected. And so many Notre Dame fans turned into 
we're not getting in because we got blown out. And then we don't even deserve to be in. I don't want to play. I don't want to see us embarrassed again. You know, there's no way they'll let us in. You know, there's this mindset that Notre Dame is somehow a victim of like the college football committee. And it's like, no, no, no. You don't understand. If there's any bias, it's pro Notre Dame. They're not excluding us because we're Notre Dame. They're including us because we're Notre Dame, but also because we had the merited resume. So there's a lot of fans out there who just are so negative that it's it's oh it's blinding right there's i think there's this perception that if you're negative you're objective which is complete garbage right it's that's not true you can be negative and be wrong and blinded and that's what a lot of notre dame fans are i'm sure a lot of you guys listening were were as well and look it was a shitty loss yeah i was sick to my stomach but we we were gonna make the playoff that that was gonna happen we are the fourth best team in the country um, the committee got it right there. And, uh, and I was actually messaging you guys because I was on my flight. I was literally landed data was turned on walking through the airport, like scrolling up and down, waiting for the committee to announce. And, uh, I understand that P you have a, a live stream going on. I did and no one joined. So I had a live stream, uh, and then when they did the first three, I threw my remote in the air when Ohio State got picked three. Uh, but that's a conversation for another day because the Big Ten were cowards. Uh, but then when I saw that, I said, all right, Notre Dame's probably four. Uh, that's what started going through my head. So I turned off the live stream. No one joined. Thanks, guys. And so I videotaped myself. And I was I, I fist pumped. I was happy we were in the playoff, but I kind of knew. And Mrs. Wagon, uh, my fiance, not to brag, goes, I thought you would be more excited than that. And it was really just processing Bama. Like, it, we, I knew it was going to be in. It was a matter of they were going to do the, the rubber match of Clemson or if we were going to get Bama from 2012. So with that, it was like, all right, yeah, time to roll. So... Yeah. What do you, what do you guys think of that? Like when when it comes in, obviously if we were getting in, it was gonna have to be Bama. Um, we got Bama. That's kind of the trade off. We got into the playoff, yay, but we got Bama. Aw. Yeah, I would have been pretty thrilled to be matched up against Ohio State because they I think we like smash Ohio dog State. Shit. I think Clemson murders Ohio State, and I think we do. not murder them, but we beat them. Trevor Lawrence might have a thousand yards on OSU's poverty secondary. Yeah, the Big Ten is poverty. From Indiana had four hundred yards, and he is not good. First off, it's not Penix. It call it the the appropriate and immature name, which is actually inappropriate and not the way it's actually said. But it's Penix. I'm just immature and having a moment right now. Sorry. But anyway, just basically focusing on the playoff, on the game, on everything. Yes. We had a bad game. We played uninspired starting in the second quarter onward. Uh, And a lot of that, I blame almost all of it to just play calling. They just have to be more efficient. They have to be be better. Also, Sean Crawford is a very good football player. He's still transitioning to safety, and when you have these elite passers that can get the ball downfield, he cannot play cover one by himself. He's proven it multiple times. He is very good. I love Sean. He still brings tons of value here, 
but for the love of God, please just play with two safeties. Just let Kyle pl- take one half of the field, let Sean take the other half, like, and then just trust your corners and then your front seven to, to wreak havoc, okay? So that's one thing. Two, yes, Alabama is a good football team. I, I believe that we can confirm that in one capacity or another. Uh, fact check me if you'd like to. I think that I can say that with some pretty decent confidence. I can also say with confidence we're probably going to be the best defense they've played all year, right? Yep. That so that'll be, that should be the case. Yeah, and then their defense just gave up a million and a half points to Kyle Trask and the Florida Gators. And yes, I would I would say that Trask and the Gators have a better offense than Notre Dame does, but not but, because of personnel, in my but, opinion. Yeah, yeah. Well, true, very true. They they open up the field a little bit more and rely on Trask. They let Trask cook. Um, but yeah, at at the end of the day, I, I think if they come to the realization, if Tommy and, and, uh, and Brian sit down and just say, this is Ian's potentially and, and probably last game with us, we just have to let this kid go out and throw the ball. Just let, just let him be. And it doesn't mean we can't exclude Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams can still have, you know, 10 rushes and, you know, five to 10 receptions. Like we can keep him involved in the game plan, but there's not a single reason why you are not going out, throwing the ball all over the field and utilizing every receiver. You have to. And if they do, yeah, I, I think they, this could be a, a, a lot tighter of a game than people expect. That Notre Dame versus Clemson game should have been a 27-17 game, possibly even closer. You just it, there's there, there's a number of ways that if one play had gone differently on on three separate drives, it's a ten point or less football game. So we we belong. It's just a matter of execution. And and if we belong, if and, and it's only a matter of execution against Clemson, then then we belong. And it's only a matter of uh, execution against Alabama, right? Because because Lawrence did yeah. not play like. Miles better than than DJ did. DJ mm-hmm. had four hundred and twenty something yards in regulation, and his team had one less point. Lawrence had three hundred twenty two yards, and one. He's more a real point. bastard to tackle, though. He's, he is, uh, so, he's so that's I think. Yeah, I think that was where Lawrence brought the the most difference. That that's that's where you could see the biggest difference in the game was Lawrence was impossible to bring down in the backfield to sack him. Whereas DJ was giving up sacks a little bit easier, uh, and even when we were getting to Lawrence, he was somehow throwing the ball away, and there was just a receiver in the area, so it wasn't intentional grounding. So that is the value that Trevor Lawrence brings. But it's not like when we beat DJ Ugongolale. I even said his name accurately this time on purpose. Like you can't tell me that by beating DJ, who is a starter at 99.9% of schools in college football, that our Notre Dame football team can't win these big games. We can. We can do it. We just have to execute, and the play calls have to be there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm bummed out and I'm pissed off, but I'm also still optimistic because I know that this game was so much more in reach than what you'll see on, on the freaking on, on, on a score sheet. So, I we're going to get to... Oh, you go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to go back real quick to the Florida point. We have Chris Tyree, Brandon Lindsay, probably two of our faster 
humans on the team. And let, let's throw my boy, Jafar Armstrong, in there as well uh, because he was a running back. He is a receiver now. Ben Skoranek's great. Michael Mayer's great. Uh, really, with Javon McKinley, love him. They're not burners. All you need to do, and if we're just talking offense right now, you throw a Tyree, uh, even Lindsey, if Lindsey's healthy, that, that's a big thing. His hamstring might not be healthy. If they're healthy, you throw them on a couple post routes, and you freeze those safeties, and then you hit Skoranek over the middle on a drag. You hit Mayer across the middle as well. There's ways to expand the field that's going to hold Alabama's secondary back there. And that's what Florida and, did. Yeah. And the, see, the problem to that, too, is that Ian Book doesn't throw the ball deep, and maybe that's partially his own hesitancy. But that's got to be incorporated more. Like, we need to start the game like the way Alabama started the game against Notre Dame in 2012. Play action pass for 40 yards. Like, that's where we need to go. We need to go over the top more. But like you said, Pete, just having those guys to lift the top off a of defense can really push a secondary back and open up a lot of the field for, for Michael Mayer and Ben Skoranek. We're going to get more into the Alabama breakdown, obviously, later. But for me, I'm terrified because their strengths are our weakness, just like what Clemson proved, right? It's that secondary. It's throwing the ball on, on poor Crawford or Tariq Bracey or whoever it may be. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure Clark Lee has the personnel to work around that. On the flip side, there is the play calling issues, and there seems to be no intention to fix it. And it's not just play calling, guys. It's also game planning, right? And I wonder who's more to blame, if it's Coach Rees or, or Brian Kelly for that, the, the game plan of we're going to you know, run twice, throw once, establish time control. Um, that's going to kill us. That, that really will. But with that being said, Florida has given us a blueprint on how to beat Alabama, and I believe Ole Miss did it as well. Alabama is not unbeatable. They are the favorite to win this title, but I think any of the four in the playoff could beat each other on their day. The way to beat Alabama is to throw the ball. That's what Kyle Trask did. Alabama has a weaker defense than Clemson, for sure. So we should be able to run the ball with more ease, but you're going to have to get ahead of the sticks um, and you're going to have to, uh, in terms of throwing the ball, and you're going to have to be explosive. You're going to have to get ahead of Alabama uh, because if you're chasing them, that could be a problem because we know how good their, their, their offense is. And we are the best defense they're going to play all year. That, that, is, that is the tr- the case. They're still going to score 40 points on us. That's just how college football is today. We're going to have to score 41 or more. And, uh, and I hope the coaches understand that because it, this is going to be a shootout. And uh, I, I'm I'm terrified for it, but I appreciate your guys' optimism. I really do. Uh, with Chris Tyree, did either of you hear why Kelly didn't play him more until the fourth quarter? No, but I'm sure whatever you're going to say is going to piss me off. <laughs> no, that was a legitimate question. That that more so was why isn't Chris Tyree playing? So. Oh. Because yeah, he's been largely ineffective this year, but in moments he's electric, and that's really difficult yeah. with how do you game plan around a guy who who tends to not really provide the same success Kyron does, but boy, when he gets open, he is he's almost un- untouchable. You have Kyron, you have Sebo. Sebo will run through a brick wall, 
fight the brick wall for impeding his process and then rebuild the brick wall because that's the type of kid he is. Yeah, second and one. Second and one. That's where Siebel Flumster belongs. Run forward. And uh, there's just... I coach football, not at a high level, for four years. I currently coach a collegiate sport. Coaching is not easy. But being intelligent about what you're doing is that's it making a game plan and saying hey this is what we're going to do and then when you get punched in the mouth because you're either running east and west and not north and south maybe you say hmm let's change something that's for you tom i'm miserable you guys are miserable but are you a little bit excited that we're going to the playoff? Because this is our second playoff in three years, which is uh, two, it's a 67% success rate for this podcast. One, yes. So you're welcome, ND Nation. Since we started this, we're two for three. With an outback, uh, with a Camping World Series Bowl win over Iowa State. And two, I have New Year's Eve, which is probably going to suck because we're in a worldwide pandemic right now. The college football playoff, and then I turn 30. Back-to-back-to-back days. So I'm either going to have a fantastic start to 2021, or I'm going to have to call out on Monday and just lay in bed and cry. Being 30 years old, I'm I'm just going to tell you now, it ain't great. No, but like it's the first major birthday I've had since I turned 25 if I wanted to rent a car, but 21, so... 21 is a meaningless birthday in Canada. Yeah, yeah, we get it. You and your restrictive drinking laws. I am very ready for the game. I think there's ways to win. I don't care about Bama. I don't like Bama. I don't think their fans are fun to engage with. The state of Alabama, historically not a great state to work with in anything (laughs) really right now how am I getting ready for Alabama I'm crossing off one star because Bama's not a state to me right now it's the enemy P can you on the podcast account of course because it provides a little bit of anonymity anonymity um can you just tweet a horrible fact about the state of Alabama every day until we every, play them? Every day until the game. You got it. Let's <laughs> get it going. And, and it's it's not like they're not correct. Historically <laughs> speaking. The, the fact that they're called facts makes them facts, right? It's, yeah. It's, I'll, I'll provide sources if you want me to. I'll have parenthetical references up in that bitch if you need me to. Yeah, let's make this ADA compliant or whatever the hell. The, the, I haven't been in school in literally a decade, but whatever. The American for Disability Act compliant? Yes, exactly. Yes, I've been informed that it's the APA from my yeah. nursing school fiance. American psychology. Um. Whatever. Yeah, I, li- I, I like the way this conversation has gone. I think Alabama... I have a nice Alabama friend, so I hope he's happy. But yeah, for the most part, Alabama fans are intolerable with an intolerable history, too. Um, I absolutely hate that Alabama is now kind of being c- considered, you know, the biggest program in the sport when they aren't. It's still 
costs, but uh, obviously they're closing the gap. Uh, and I hate it that most of it is fraudulent title claims. Um, look, it's a chance to redeem ourselves, right, from, from 2012, 2013. Um, it's a chance to, to redeem ourselves from yesterday. Um, and, and it's an opportunity, and I think that's what it, it comes down to is a lot of people were saying, I don't even want to play Alabama. We're just going to get embarrassed. Let's go to an Orange Bowl and beat Texas A&M. All right, yeah, cool. Like, then... No, I want a chance to win a title. I would rather get blown out by 100 in front of everyone again if it meant I had a chance to win the title. I don't care about bowl games. This whole... Notre Dame hasn't won a major bowl game since... I don't care. I did. Bowl games don't matter. If you're not winning the national championship, it does not matter what bowl game you played in. So, and maybe that's a Notre Dame thing. Maybe that's just kind of the winning mindset this program has always had towards conferences and bowls. It doesn't matter. We want the national championship or we want nothing. And uh, and that's what I'm going to tell myself for failing to win the ACC championship game. But look, at, at the end of the day, we're in. We're in. We are now the fifth most appearances of any school in the college football playoff. Notre Dame is five. It goes Alabama and Clemson. Then it goes Ohio State and Oklahoma. Then it's Notre Dame. We are in that cusp. We've been saying that for two years now. Notre Dame is in that cusp of eliteness. Maybe there's a, a tiered eliteness where Alabama and Clemson are in their own tier, but we are there. We are we are right with the Ohio States and the Oklahomas. And, Question. Uh, and, yeah, go ahead. As you're going through with that right now, with as you're speaking, if, let's say, Oklahoma didn't lose to, like, uh, a team from a bayou that would that plays Division three football this year. <clears throat> Let's say that Oklahoma was nine and one. Let's say Ohio State, you know, was out. And let's say it was uh, the the way that the stars aligned that it was Oklahoma versus Notre Dame in a playoff game. Do you think that we win that playoff game? That'd be a good playoff game. I, th- I, I think, think we, we do. I think we beat the fucking shit out of Oklahoma. I th- I see. I think Oklahoma is a really good team, and I think they've really gotten better as the season's gone on. But yeah, I think I think our defense would be something they haven't seen, and uh, and they their defense has improved themselves. But I I think we could kind of uh, assert our will in that game. That would be a good game too. And I mean, they're going to play Florida in the uh, in the Sugar Bowl, I think. So or no, the uh, which bowl are they playing in? Is it the Fiesta? I don't know. Florida's playing Oklahoma in a bowl game, and that'll be fun. Um, but yeah, that's a good that's a good question. The thing is, is if they only had one loss, we're probably not in the playoff. Yeah, and that's just kind of the sad reality of that. Yeah, well, screw them. But regardless, what I'm getting at is, if we played Florida, okay, I I I could see us splitting 50-50, 60-40 and you could make the case for either direction us with the 60-40 advantage them with the 60-40 advantage with uh with Oklahoma I would give Notre Dame a 70-30 advantage uh with any other team in the top 10 uh, I I give Notre Dame a 60-40, 70-10 advantage or 70-30 same same even with with Ohio State they have not looked great and the fact that they got such a pass this year is insane they they crawled through the Big 10 championship game against uh, above average Northwestern team. So I'm, I'm, I'm confident that Notre Dame wins six out of 10 games against Ohio State. Yeah. yeah. O- the, Ohio the, the top... State has also dominated the Big Ten. They changed their minds about not playing football. The amount of games that you need to qualify for a conference championship. Don't forget that. And 
they just changed a couple hours ago that you don't you no longer need the 21 day safety protocol if you get COVID. <laughs> All the Big Ten's doing is just pushing the Ohio State narrative forward. And really, you almost want to think, does the Big Ten not care about its athletes? Hmm. Yeah, very pathetic of uh, hmm. an organization, and uh, they should be banned for a number of things. But regardless, the point that I'm ultimately getting to is, yeah, Alabama and Clemson, I don't if, – if, if you're listening to this college football podcast and are expecting me to say anything other than – Alabama and Clemson are two extraordinarily good football teams. Uh, maybe you're looking for hot takes that are just not going to be coming your way because, you know, spoiler alert, they're fucking great. And they'll probably, both of them, beat us eight out of ten times. But that leaves those two out of ten That's times true. for either program against Clemson and against Alabama. So I'm hopeful. Yeah, I mean, you have to have that blind confidence that that just, you know, you, you, if you ask Jack Nicholson, have you ever missed a putt in your life? Uh, if you have Jack, have you ever missed a big putt in your life? And he will tell you no, because some of the greatest golfers of all time and some of the greatest athletes of all time, just, they just, they blank failure out of their brain. They can't even conceptualize it. They don't even understand what it means to fail. So if you have this idea that you're going to fail and lose and be a, an embarrassment before you're heading into it, then I mean, we've said this many times throughout the the season and and throughout the three years we've been doing this podcast. I don't know what sport you're watching. I don't know why you're watching it. And I don't know why you picked this team, quite frankly. But ultimately what I'm kind of coming around on uh, is just we belong on the field out there. We belong on the field. And we're going to play our game. Maybe we win. Maybe we don't. But don't have a pussy attitude about it. Come on. Like – Football is a man's game. Right. It's in our name. The Notre Dame fighting Irish. Fight. Football is a sport for everyone. Just just getting that out there. Um, but yes, fighting Irish is a key part of our identity. And uh, it seems like our fan base doesn't understand that a lot of the time. It, it seems to be. I'm going I'm going to, if I see anyone negative, either at me or at the podcast account, I'm going to assign laps. That is a promise. Coach Wagon there with the, with the, with the discipline. Um, hey, weekly predictions. Game is over. Uh, I've won very closely. P Wagon, you're second. And uh, Steve, you're third. The reason I'm bringing this up is not just to make Steve feel bad. Um, but is to suggest that, as always, we will have our bowl prediction uh, as well, and we'll we'll get that sorted tonight. Um, so may the I'm best. I'm going to make Maddie win. do it as well, so that way we can add a uh, a, cl- oh, a yeah. clueless non-fan into the well, mix. That that's what that's what can we've we done the last two years with my girlfriend. So like are we going to do wags? Let's do wags. Yeah, not what? even us, just them. <laughs> well, if you guys remember, uh, like my girlfriend's been doing it the last two years, and mm-hmm. she's currently tied with me on aggregate for first. So, um, and she doesn't know anything. So, I'll definitely keep that tradition going um, because it's funny because the bowl season is ridiculous. Um, okay, we're at forty some minutes here. Anything you guys want to say before we uh, sign off and uh, reconvene in a week? Two things. Um, one, Army at 9-2 being left out of a bowl. 
uh, is criminal, and Tennessee getting into one is also criminal, and two conferences are stupid, and I never want to do this again. I'm going to piggyback off of that. Mr. Wagon, Mr. Dillon, in the year 1988, who won the ACC championship? I'm going to guess um, Clemson. Doesn't matter because it wasn't the Notre Dame fighting Irish. We didn't win an (laughs) ACC championship game in 1988. It still feels like 88. (laughs) Was the ACC even around in 88? It was around for basketball, but... Uh, that'll be an interesting one. I like that, Steve. That was oh, that was Clemson, a good little fake. Clemson won the 1988 ACC oh championship. Oh my god! Are you kidding me? <laughs> I think um, if I'm reading this correctly here, yeah, Clemson was 10 and two, Virginia seven and four. Clemson beat go. Oklahoma in the Citrus Bowl, 13 to six. There you go. Also, shout out to me for predicting Clemson there. Because <laughs> so I knew Miami wasn't in the shot. <laughs> so, therefore, I'm still positive. Uh, do, is there a, fi- a, a good chance we lose? I don't even care to answer that because my I'm just thinking about the fact that we are in the spotlight. Let's just go out, play our asses off. Let's recruit well. Now, let's just see. You know, nobody gave podcast. Yeah, nobody gave Team USA a chance against Russia back in 1980. So let's uh, let's go beat the shit out of Russia and then face Sweden in the final, right? Miracle on turf. Um, this podcast has been such a weird tone because, like, at this moment, it's been optimistic and yet in our voices is nothing but depression and just a loss of the will to live. So. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this, um, particularly Connor. He's he's been waiting for Notre Dame loss for good content. So I would like to shout you out and say, um, hey, which bowl game is Michigan going to? Anyway, for all of us here at the Four Horsemen Podcast, we've had a Sorry. successful season so far. Notre Dame is going to the college football playoff, not as ACC champions, but as the great fighting Irish that they are. Rose Bowl. First time we've played in one since 1925 when Notre Dame won their first national championship by beating Stanford. So it feels like 1925. Come on, guys. Um, and uh, and we're going to be the early game, too. That's going to be a, uh, I believe they said a 5 o'clock. 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 4, 4 p.m. Nice. And it's actually double nice for me because I just got a new job that I start on January 4th. So I actually don't have to, I mean, I have to like work and log into the computer, but it's just a matter of like moving my mouse once every three hours. On New Year's Day? Would I have to work on New Year's? I don't know. No, the stock market's closed, buddy. We work in finance. Facts. All right. Well, this year broke me and my concept of time. So I'm just going to bow out. I've already said my piece feels like 88 and I'm going to let you two finish off. Steve can't remember dates, names, teams. It's just an abysmal, abysmal performance today. Final update. Jets just beat uh, Los Angeles. So the Jaguars who lost today are probably going to get Trevor Lawrence. And I cannot wait to see that abysmal organization break that man. That's that's funny. I mean, I think the Jets would break them as well. Um, so yeah, Bama, 
Bama, Bama, Bama. Go Irish.